0: It is a, a time-honoured tradition uh, here on Blueprint for Living to gaze into the crystal ball and speculate on what food trends might confront us in this year to come. Uh, more burrata, perhaps, <laughs> more cruffins. Uh, will we see the gourmet sandwich peak? We set for more so-called New York-style pizzerias. Uh Possibly all the above. To answer these questions and more, our culinary guide, as ever, is Besha Riddell, Chief Restaurant Critic for the Age, Good Food. Besha, hello.
1: Hi
0: there. Um, we do keep score here at Blueprint, and we we rummage through the archives to see the predictions that you made at the start of the year. Just gone. Um, just oh no. a, an accountability <laughs> measure.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Uh,
0: what I do. Well, let, let's let's go through uh, one of those things that you suggested. Sort of this time last year was that food would become increasingly expensive. Um, Labour shortage, increasing cost of ingredients, supply chains, all of that, and that dining would become somewhat more luxurious again after being somewhat democratized over the last wee bit. I think a tick on that one.
1: Oh, absolutely. I just was talking to my editors about this and saying, you know, I started this job um, just about two years ago. And I remember if I went out to a restaurant then and had two cocktails, two appetizers, two main courses... One dessert and a bottle of wine that usually came in around 200 and change. And I would say that these days it's more like about 330 for that same exact thing. I mean, main courses are inching so close to $50 on just even wine bar menus, you know? And I think that that has mainly been in the last 12 months that that. that that massive, you know, that's a that's a really big leap for uh, for one night out.
0: The cost of living crunch is is a real thing, as you say. But prices, prices, prices. Um, and I was speaking to one restaurant just in the last week, and and they were saying too that that um, the spend from diners is is going down, and that of course the discretionary thing when you go to a restaurant is is normally what you drink, um, yeah. and that people are being quite parsimonious.
1: Yeah, uh, which doesn't surprise me, especially if you have to pay fifty dollars for, <laughs> for a main course. course. I mean, <laughs> you know, like I, you have to pick and choose, and 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 I mean, it's just I I think about, and I know you know maybe I'm talking about you know, probably ten years ago. I mean, three hundred dollars is what you'd expect to spend at like a really fine dining restaurant mm-hmm. for a really special occasion, and um and, and who can afford to do that on a random Wednesday? You know, it's just not so. People I think are picking and choosing, and I think that will help to keep the kind of small plates for sharing thing in place. I mean, we do see some kind of move back towards classic dining. There's a lot of these kind of grand places opening that have, you know, the, the table side stuff and, and, it, and, and that is not as much in the sharing genre. But I don't think that that sharing thing is going away because it does allow people to be much more flexible. And every second restaurant that's opening right now is a wine bar. I think, again, for that reason that it's casual that you can go in, you can spend $300 if you want to, but you could go in and get a couple of plates and a glass of wine and, um, and be out and and have had a nice night out, but not have broken the bank.
0: It's really interesting to see things like sharing menus through that economic lens. And suddenly, of course, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, most of these things. Some of them are driven by, you know, trendiness. Um, Some of them are because it's a rut we can't get out of. You know, (laughs) talk about the 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 waiter spiel that you get at the beginning of every um, meal that's been going on for well over a decade now, and and it is, you know, I I think that we just don't know what else to do. Like everybody knows that it's just a pantomime that they're going to say you know, is it your first time here? Let me explain what a menu is. <laughs> um, Here's the thing. But we don't, you ask us yes. for stuff
0: and we bring you food. How's that going to be? Yes. Imagine that. <laughs> it's called a restaurant.
1: Yeah. Um, but, but people just don't know how to do it any other way anymore. It's just so ingrained. And I think that, you know, that's part of the, the small plates meant for sharing thing, but it is also definitely economic.
0: Uh, One of the predictions you made uh, beginning of 2023 was that Melbourne's sandwich boom would continue apace.
1: Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Was I ever right about that? I I don't think it's going to slow. I mean, I I think that it's going to keep going. And again, I think that's partly an economic thing, but there's also obviously a hunger for it. Um, But there are some really great sandwiches that have popped up and they're going to keep popping
0: up. One of the other things, uh, this was uh, aspirational, I think, that we talked about last year, in in, in some depth, you hoped that food would become more explicitly Australian. And and that that would mean more than, to quote you, not just bunging some Davidson plums on top of a cocktail. Um, yes, is, is is that a thing that's happened, or, or oh, I, I
1: think it is, and I think that it is goes really hand in hand with another thing that hap- has happened and is going to continue to happen, which is this kind of retrophilia, this this extreme nostalgia that um is happening, and that's a design thing as much as anything else, but it is also showing up on menus. So you know there are a, a fair number of restaurants that are opening that are kind of Harkening back to the 70s and 80s kind of Melbourne feel, um, and because of that, they are also doing things that are more explicitly Australian. So I think the 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 obvious um, example of the kind of nostalgic design that I'm talking about is is the restaurant from the sushi mango guys on Ligon Street that just looks exactly like Anana's house from Coburg from, you know, nineteen (laughs) eighty two or whatever. It's amazing. It's really amazing. Um, and there, you know, and the food is very uh, Italian-Australian as well. There's also a pizzeria, I think it's in Brunswick, that is, is very in that Australian, old school Australian thing. But I also think about Little Picket in Lawn, um, the Joe Barrett restaurant yep. that is in a bowls club and you know has has made no attempt to make it anything other than a great Australian bowls club. It is just looks like a bowls club. And she's serving. Extraordinary version of dim sim, yeah, (laughs) but it's but there's dim sim on the menu, you know, it's like we were joking last year, like let's see Chico roll, but like seriously, that's what's happening. So, I mean, I think that's going to continue, and I mean, certainly the. The nostalgia in design is is only going to increase, I think, and and you're going to see that a bit on on menus as well, and I, I'm all for it.
0: I wonder if I wonder if that will spark regional variation. I mean, that's the, some very Melbourneian examples you've mentioned there, and I wonder if you know Sydney, Brisbane, Perth will have Adelaide, Hobart will have their equivalents, but with the tweaks of those places.
1: You would hope so. I mean, I really, I would I would hope so, because that is one of the things that people kind of struggle to understand when they talk about what is Australian food is that the regional differences are um, quite subtle and they are mainly in the realm of, I don't want to say fast food, but, it, you know, it's like the lasagna topper in Queensland, the the pie in pea soup in Adelaide, so like, the, you know,
0: the lasagna <laughs> topper.
1: Yes, yes, you don't know about the great lasagna topper? I, I, my apologies Queensland. <laughs> it's um it's just like it's kind of what it sounds like. It's it's a bite of lasagna that's just like the cheese and sauce and stuff and you buy it from a steam table in a truck stop, you know, and it's just like three bites but it's just the gooey bits wow (laughs) yeah
0: okay (laughs) so (laughs) you know
1: you can see where i'm going with it but but somebody could do a really cool like upmarket version of that i think
0: that might in fact answer my next question which is what what do you want to eat more of in 2024
1: i would like to eat more regionally specific food i think Mm. um you know, we we continue. If I say every second restaurant is a wine bar, every se- first restaurant is still an Italian restaurant. Um, But you know, I, I I like the idea that to set themselves apart, certain chefs are now saying, okay, I'm not just going to do Italian. I'm going to be really regionally specific. And so this year, I think the good example of that is Alta in Fitzroy, which is Piedmontese um, Italian and, you know, has a real focus on that with their wine, but also making these really beautiful, very regionally specific pastas that you kind of can't get anywhere else. So I hope that people, you know, continue to 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 dive into that idea of, of being very specific about what type of food they're making. I think that that's yeah. fun and, and, and nerdy and...
0: Yeah. But, but applicable to so many cuisines too. I'm mm-hmm. thinking Indian food. I'm thinking, I mean, Italian food is well, French food. Absolutely. So you go you go to Italy and what, why, what, what is the most amazing thing about being in Italy? How there are so many Italy's within Italy. Absolutely. And why that's not represented in the exported food culture is, is mysterious.
1: Well, I mean, I think that it is because we're talking about, for the most part, a you know, immigrant population that got here a hundred years ago. And so it kind of, they had to meld together and Mm, then become mm. kind of more Australian. But you do, um, end up then with chefs who grew up loving Italian food, going to Italy and then saying, Oh my gosh, there's like all of these very regional specific, um, cuisines. Let me bring that back with me. And so, you know, that. I think that that is is really um, that's going to become more and more of a thing.
0: Regional specificity is what Besha wants more of in twenty twenty four. Besha, what what do you want to eat less in the year to come?
1: Um, I guess I want to eat less. I I I kind of don't care that much about the really big expensive steaks. Like I think. <laughs> It's fun if you just, like, want that. There are places you can go to get that. But I see more and more restaurants, like, taking up huge menu um, real estate with, you know, five kinds of wagyu that is you know. And, look, I love a steak as much as anybody else. And, and I know that, you know, the quality really matters and how the cow is treated really matters. And I care about all of that stuff. But it's just... I think it's just taken up too much restaurant real estate in general. I, I I would prefer to have one or two great steaks and then see some more creative stuff on the menu. Um, I'm probably 100% alone in this, but like, I don't care about <laughs> tiramisu coming out of a cart beside your table in a big sloppy thing. Like, it's such a thing. Like, everybody is doing this now. Like, you tiramisu comes rolled out and it's, and I'm like, this is the most boring table side (laughs) preparation ever. It's It's just like, no, there's nothing on fire. You don't have to do anything. There's no skill involved. Like I would rather you made my cocktail table side. At least that's interesting, you know, but desserts in general, I just feel like have gotten so predictable and you know, at any restaurant, there's, there's barely any creativity except at the very highest end. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, that's a, that's a function of, of economics. Like the pastry chef is the first, you know, well-paid position to go in a kitchen when you have to be thinking about those things, because most chefs can make a tiramisu, you know, and do it okay. But I think that for me, that's one of the things that really sets, a great restaurant apart from a good restaurant is that they've given the same kind of attention to the cocktails to the desserts <laughs> as they do to the mm. the main courses um and and you see it less and less and i would love to see some you know more really thoughtful creative desserts
0: do you think there's any possibility that that 2024 will be the year that we finally say goodbye to kingfish crudo
1: no Okay. No chance. No chance. Uh, I mean, you know, I've been seeing, I saw, I had a snapper crudo the other night. Okay. Um, you, you're seeing some more tuna coming back into the mix, I think. But, um, but you know, it's, it's really not, it's not going anywhere. And you know, um, it's because it's delicious. It's easy to make and people buy it. So, you know, if, if we're going to say goodbye to anything, people have to stop eating it first and, uh, I don't see that happening anytime soon. It's just such an easy win for restaurants to to put. I mean, you just have to slice it and like put some acid on top, and people
0: will pay twenty five dollars for it. So you'll have to wrestle also this this burrata from my cold dead hands.
1: Well, yeah, we, but you're seeing more and more stracciatella, which is basically just the middle of a burrata without the <laughs> <laughs> outside part.
0: Burrata um, without so, the surprise. You know,
1: yeah variations <laughs> on a theme which is which is good but you know i mean i would just love to see australia is producing just some of the most amazing cheeses these days so i would really like to see more restaurants supporting those kind of really small little very artisan australian cheesemakers and i just i really Eat, eat good Australian cheese. Put it on your menus.
0: Get <laughs> Not around just the burrata. cheese. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bisha, thank you. I mean, whichever way we cut it, it looks like being a year of challenges, but, well, one, one with some, some, some fine taste also, we hope. And, yes, a plethora of, of Australian curd.
1: Yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to the year. I think it's going to be a good one. I I'm I have faith in 2024 that it won't just be all sandwiches and Italian food.
0: We'll see. Besha Riddell is Chief Restaurant Critic for the Age. Good Food. Those are her culinary tips for the year to come. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.